It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved, everywhere. Also by Provo Land Title. Buying, selling, or refinancing? Close with the pros at Provo Land Title. Relax. PLT has you covered. And by First Colony Mortgage, your trusted lender for all your mortgage needs. Visit firstcolonymortgage.com. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, Cougar fans. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live. The BYU Cougars improved to 7-0 on the season. It's the first 7-0 start since back in 2001. They defeat Western Kentucky tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium by a final score of 41-10. Remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50, that's BYU50, at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location, and it is Monday only. BYU now 7-0 and is to win this game. So BYU did everything it needed to do to win this game and look impressive in the first half. But it was a game that there's still things to work on. And I think that's really the best of both worlds. And I think if you look back to the game before Houston, it was the University of Texas San Antonio. Now, the margin of a victory was much smaller than tonight. But that was a game in which BYU got the win, but things just weren't clicking maybe like we had seen in previous games. And I somewhat equate tonight's game to that. Yes, BYU dominated. They won by 31 points. So let's make no mistake, BYU did not play bad here. BYU, as I mentioned, did everything they needed to do to win this game in the first half, and they won going away. That was never in question. But when you win a game like that and you have some things to work on, especially ahead of a massive game like the Cougars have at Boise next week, I think that can actually be a good thing. You know, there were some drop passes, some uh, some overthrows from Zach. He obviously had the one pick, the first pick uh, in 184 Uh, consecutive throws, so 185. That was the one that was intercepted. The defense only had one three and out. I was actually quite surprised at how well Western Kentucky's offensive line held up against BYU's defensive line today. Uh, It was certainly good to see Tyler Algier have the game he did, 16 for 95 for a touchdown. His uh, average per carry was just under 6 at 5.9, and it was good to see him back out on the field after uh, it looked like uh, maybe he, you know, he, had, he got dinged up a little bit. So it was good to see him. The status of Zane Anderson right now, we don't know. We saw him on the sideline, uh, but he did not play in the second half. So uh, certainly there's some things to work on ahead of it. BYU's offense, a season low in 410 yards. But again, all of this is coming with a 31-point victory. So you get the win. You're feeling good about that. Yet there's still some things to work on, which I think is good heading into the game at Boise. One update to, to uh, remind you of, if you are in your car heading north and you're heading up near Salt Lake County, want to make sure you are aware, expect some heavy delays on northbound I-15 tonight in Sandy between 114 South and 9400 South. In that area, the freeway has been reduced to just two lanes, and it will remain that way until Monday morning at 5 a.m. So... If you're on your way up, if you're leaving the game, or you're just driving through heading north towards Salt Lake County, if you can avoid the area, certainly something you can do, but also plan for extra travel time, not just tonight, 
but tomorrow through Monday morning at 5 a.m. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we are still awaiting the Zoom post-game conferences from head coach Kalani Sitake. When that happens, we will have that for you. But on the other side, we'll check out the day in college football. We'll get you your scores coming up after this. BYU gets the win, 41-10. We'll have more Cougar post-game live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU now 7-0 on the season. They defeat the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky 41-10, setting up next week's showdown in Boise Friday night up at Albertsons Stadium. It's a lot to look forward to this week as we prepare for that massive game. Speaking of Boise State, they were on the road at Air Force today. Number 25, the Broncos, 49-30 winners over the Air Force Academy. They had a new starting quarterback tonight, Jake Sears, starting in place of Hank Bachmeyer. He did not uh, play. Uh, still, there's been nothing official in terms of him having COVID. That is, uh, there was a couple of uh, players that did, and Bachmeyer did not play. So people are sort of uh, one and one equals two. Uh, but officially, we do not know what his status is for this upcoming game next week. Either way, the Broncos are now 2-0. They win 49-30. Actually, is one other game going on right now in the Mountain West. It's between UNLV and Nevada. Wolfpack with a 34-19 lead over the Rebels with six and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. One other Mountain West Conference game. San Diego State goes up to Logan, defeats Utah State 38-7. The Aztecs now 2-0. and the Aggies now 0 and 2. All right. Finishing out scores with all of the top 25 games already mentioned the Boise State victory. Number 2 Alabama defeating Mississippi State today 41 to nothing. Number 3 Ohio State wins at number 18 Penn State 38 to 25. 8th ranked Texas A&M defeating Arkansas 42 to 31. Missouri losing at number 10, Florida. Gators get the win, 41-17. to Number 22, SMU bouncing back today. They defeat Navy, 51-37. to How about this? Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia Cavaliers upsetting number 15, North Carolina, by 3. 44-41 is the final score. Number 24, Oklahoma destroys Texas Tech, 62-28. Sooners getting the win on the road. Number one, Clemson got a bit of a scare from Boston College. Remember, they did not have Trevor Lawrence, who tested positive for COVID. They also announced he will not be available for the game next week against Notre Dame. Clemson rallies. They were down big early. They rallied a win, 34 to 28 over Boston College. Speaking of Notre Dame, the fourth-ranked Fighting Irish winning at Georgia Tech, 31 to 13. Number five, Georgia defeats Kentucky, 14 to three. Low-scoring game between those two teams. In overtime, Texas takes down number six, Oklahoma State, 41 to 34. Number seven, Cincinnati. They are certainly the real deal. They blow out Memphis 49 to 10 in the Battle of Michigan State versus Michigan. It is the Spartans. They get the three point win at number 13, Michigan, 27 to 24. West Virginia takes down number 16, K State, 37 to 10. Speaking of being legit, number 17, Indiana. They defeat Rutgers 37-21. to Number 20, Coastal Carolina 
shuts out Georgia State 51 nothing. Number 23 Iowa State winning at Kansas 52 to 22. The Jayhawks now 0 and 4 on the season. All right, we'll take a break, come back, hopefully be able to hear from the head coach of the Cougars Kalani Satake if not We'll wrap up Cougar Post Game Live and hand things off to Greg and the guys over at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Either way, you will certainly hear from the head coach here during post game tonight. 41-10 is the final score. BYU getting the win over WKU. More Cougar Post Game Live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 41-10, BYU improving to 7-0 on the season as they defeat the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, setting up a showdown of two unbeatens. Yes, we're talking about a 7-0 team versus a 2-0 team, but still, two undefeated teams, two teams ranked in the top 25, and a... Stadium where BYU has never won. It is a massive game for the Cougars on Friday night. Remember, it's not Saturday anymore. It is Friday night against the Boise State Broncos. Still waiting to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Just a couple more quick numbers. Uh, if Kalani's not talking by then, we'll go ahead and wrap things up and let you hear him uh, during uh, the Cougar uh, postgame locker room show. Uh, 410 yards of total offense for BYU. That is a season low. They held Western Kentucky to 262. The passing yards completely dominated by BYU, 244 to 106. And the rushing yards fairly even, 166 to 156. But again, the most important thing, BYU wins. They win going away, 41 to 10, and essentially only needed the first half in order to do that. All right, we're going to wrap things up. You'll hear from Kalani Satake coming up. Oh, well, he's actually heading to the podium right now. So... Instead of taking a break, let us let us listen in to Kalani's postgame comments via Zoom as he addresses the media. Welcome. Uh, if you, we could get you to make a couple of comments on the game, and then we'll go with questions from the media. Yeah, just uh, really happy got the win. Um, you know, there, there's uh, obviously there's some things that we need to fix, and then some things that I wasn't uh, pleased with losing the second half, but. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's some things that we got to, the, the game didn't, we didn't feel like we're, weren't in control of the game. So um, we will try to get things better and um, have a short week and not a lot of time with uh, Tuesday, not being a, a day that we can work. Um, we'll have to do a lot of things in the next and over the weekend. Obviously we don't do th- anything with practice on Sunday, but in regards to this game, just really happy that we got the win, happy that our guys played well and, for the most part, we're healthy. So uh, we got some guys that are banged up, but we'll have to evaluate it in the next 24 hours and see how how uh, ready they'll be ready to, to play. But um, you know, that was a, a good competition with Western Kentucky. Just like the fact that our guys were able to establish uh, identity right from the beginning. And offensively, they were on fire and got, got a lot of points on the board and helped us uh, help us get this, this W and, and play. You know, defensively, I thought we did some things that were good, but uh, I'm sick of people driving it long on us and taking up the clock and and scoring points. So we got to find a way to get get the score down a little bit lower. <clears throat> we'll start with questions from uh, Norma Gonzalez, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Jared Lloyd, Daily Herald, and Mitch Harper, ASL. Hey, Coach. For some reason, I was the only one that dressed up tonight. 
But um, you I was great, like, Norma. Don't let it. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed that the other that the other media members didn't didn't buy into us. I expect better from all of them. So thank you for dressing up. Happy Halloween. Thank you, you, thank you. I, did, I did it just for you, Coach. Um, all right. I like it. I know you don't like to look at big picture things. I know you like to focus just game by game. But has it been able to set in that you guys are uh, off to a 7-0 start for the first time since 2001 and what that means for the program? I really haven't thought about that. You know, I, I, I'm just focused on trying to get the next the next one now, trying to improve on this game, and then and focusing on getting onto Boise. And that that's a it's going to be a, a tough one. And looking forward to that matchup. But there's some things that we need to improve on and 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 correct from this game. But um, yeah, I, I just happy that our guys are playing well. I'm excited for the fans, but um, it doesn't really matter now. Just trying to learn from this and get to the next game. Connie, got to ask about Zach. Maybe uh, just didn't seem as crisp as we've seen him be. And I know he's spoiled us because he's looked great in so many games and just seemed a little bit off. But what did, what did you think about his performance tonight? Yeah, he was off because he threw an interception. So, yeah, that's, um, you know, but I think for the most part, I like the way that he he ran the offense. Um, you know, I, Western Kentucky is a tough – I mean, they, they, they do a lot of pressures. They do a lot of things differently, and, and they're really aggressive – and so, um, you know, I think he put the ball in uh, some opportunities for our receivers to make the play. And, and, and uh, it goes, it goes um, you know, those, those whether it's a lack of execution or, or, or not efficient enough, it, it's not just on one guy. And so we'll, we'll, we'll look to correct it and, and uh, hopefully he plays better next. But really happy with, I mean, I don't know exactly what his yards were, but yeah, he, he ran the ball pretty good too. So we'll just, we'll just, uh, work on, on getting better, and, and uh, hopefully he'll be be better in the next showing. Lonnie, do you feel like this uh, performance tonight gives you guys, uh, continues to build on the momentum that you guys have built heading into Boise next week? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the first half. I think if we can play the first half and, and do that, every every uh, every half will be good. You know, I just, uh, I think we had an opportunity to get some guys, get some reps, and uh, I don't know if we took an, enough advantage of, of those those reps, so... But there's a lot of teaching, a lot of learning that, that can take place, and um, it's it's good to be able to do that when you and, and you follow it up, you know, having a win and being having in control of the game. So, um, just just thank you for the win and looking forward. I'm not really worried about momentum. I just I'm just worried about trying to get better and, and and become a better team and have better performance next time. Hey, we'll take a question from Jay Drew, Deseret News, Matt by Monte KSL, and Jay Catch. 1280 to zone. Lonnie, after the Houston game, you, you said you guys really got better in that game. You, you saw market improvement. Did you see the same sort of thing in this game? Yeah, I mean, there's – so I'm being really picky, right, because I'm disappointed in the second half. But if I'm looking at things individually, I'm looking at things position group-wise and even the phase, all three phases, there's some really good things out there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a positive guy, but I, I really believe that you can get better every week. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. There's things that we can improve on. And so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being – to getting the things corrected, you know. And I think I've said the same thing. Um, after wins, I say the same thing after losses. And so it just, uh, I feel like at moments we were, we were playing at our best. And then I feel like there are times that we weren't. So if we can get that done for 60 minutes, I really like our chances in, in, in games, you know? And so, um, I think we we're getting, we're getting better because we're playing football and the more we play football, the more we get to look at different, um, you know, 
there's a lot of different situations, a lot of different things that happen. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can learn from. I look at the last drive uh, from our offense and, <clears throat> you know, when we had some some snap issues and things like that, they kind of put us in a bad position. Otherwise, we would have knelt the ball out, get the first down, I believe it was second short. So there's a lot of things for coaches and players to learn from. And if you can learn from those, I, I, I believe you can get better. So there's a lot of times, I mean, I, I feel like going to game eight, I like where we're at right now. And I, I like the fact that we can – we can learn, and, and, and there's a lot of things that happen in the game that could help us coaches and players get better. And uh, your team is mostly healthy heading into the next week's game. Two guys we didn't see in the second half were Zane Anderson and Gunnar Romney. What can you tell us about those two guys? Yeah, Gunnar's fine. We just thought we, we made a decision to hold him. And, and I think uh, Zane, we'll have to take a look at it again, and um, hopefully he'll be ready for the next game. But I, I'm, I'm hopeful about it. We'll just We'll just see. Um, that's something that I, I got to follow up with uh, with our training room and sports medicine department. But um, it, it wasn't good to see him limp off. But you know, hopefully we'll we'll get some recovery and get some time to rehab it and see what happens when when we get to Monday. Okay, we'll take a question from Jake Hatch and Jared Lloyd, and that'll be it. Yeah, Kalani. Tuesday, the NCAA has implemented that you guys will not be able to have any practices due to election day. You have a game on Friday night. How are you going to handle having one less day of practice already on a short week? Yeah, I think it's more difficult for us because we don't do anything on Sunday, you know. And so uh, we, we applied for a waiver and got denied. And so, um, you know, we, we'll have to just deal with it. I mean, that's uh, – I look at this as like a possible Thursday game in preparation. But I think there's a lot of things that we've done offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise that could help in the past seven games that can help us in this game. So I think Monday is going to be a really heavy day for us. I talked to our players in the locker room about it and coaches that we're just going to get over this game quick, make the corrections, and then um, get on to Boise when we hit Monday. And so, uh, you know, Sunday, go and, and go to church and be with our families and then get to work on Monday and then Tuesday – um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have that day off and then get back to work on Wednesday and then just really be mindful of our players and where we're at. We're, we're going into game eight. Boise's going into game three. So the, there's going to be a balance of how we prep our, our guys and their legs and, and the, the physical part of practices. We have to be really smart about how our, our approach will be and then, and then see how we play on Friday. But I think the goal is to get to Friday mentally and physically ready. We talk a lot of offense and defense, but your special teams has been pretty solid all year. Again, tonight, Jake makes both field goals thanks to the running into the kicker. But talk about that aspect of the game and just how well they've done this year. Yeah, I think the cover teams have been good, you know, and, and our punter hasn't had a lot of work, and that's good. Hopefully we keep them that way, you know. And um, I, I just I feel um, – I can't remember on the long one, Brett, how bad did he miss it? Did he just pull it? On the, he had the distance, you know, so, I mean, Jake wanted the field goal, so we gave it to him and, and, and um, just, I know he got banged up a little bit and was, I mean, nothing makes your, your legs feel better than kicking a field goal through the upright. So we have a lot of trust in him. He's striking the ball really well. We're snapping and holding it well and protecting well. So, you know, if we need to, I'd like to score more touchdowns and have him kick PATs, but um, just knowing that we can go to him for field goals is, gives us a lot of confidence. Okay, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, guys, stay safe. Appreciate you. All right, that was Head Coach Kalani Satake's post-game Zoom conference. 
teleconference after the 41-10 victory over the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. That's going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. You'll have more interviews coming up on the other side as we get into our Cougar Locker Room show. That's coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show, brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 41, Western Kentucky 10 is our final score. BYU leading tackler Isaiah Kofusi in the postgame press conference via Zoom. Let's zoom in. Um, kind of the assignments, guys are, are kind of locked into those, but <clears throat> the technique, um, you know, I think there was a couple slant. There was a slant route where guys, you know, receivers are getting inside of of some of our coverage players, and so we just got to be better um, just at, at really getting off the field on third downs. Hey, we'll take a question from Warren Gonzalez and then Jay Drew. Hey, Isaiah, you're talking about how you guys need to get off the field and make these improvements, but there was one play or one drive in particular that I want to talk to you about. Early in the second half, right after Tyrell ran off for 23 yards, they were one yard from scoring and you guys managed to stop them. Can you talk to me just about that, those series of plays? Yeah, that was, uh, I think, in my opinion, the best drive um, series that we had as a defense. Um, got backed up and you know, the mentality of the defense was like, we're not going to let these guys score. Um, we took it as a challenge. We looked it right in the eyes, right in the face, and and we were just stepped up. I mean, guys all over the field um, making plays. And so that, that was just really fun. Probably the, the highlight to me of the game was just that those four downs right there at the goal line. And, um, man, really proud of our defense and, and just the way we stepped up and, and all around. Nice costume, by the way. <laughs> Mater night. <clears throat> Isaiah, do you feel like, you know, the quality of competition hasn't been the greatest, but do you, do you feel like you guys are still improving week to week against maybe some teams that aren't, can't quite match you talent-wise? Absolutely, and, um, and, and that's really just the ultimate goal is we, we had no control over the, the talent that we're, that we're facing. And so um, – the, the goal is just to be has been every week to get better. And, and Kalani kind of alluded to that, um, that, you know, we're, we're going to have a short week. We're going to have to really, you know, I mean, we're, we're at a disadvantage, but we're going to turn that into an advantage. Um, we have a phrase where, you know, we say is just training ugly. And um, we, we put ourselves in situations that are disadvantage, you know, just disadvantage, disadvantageous to us. And so, um, we're, we're prepared for this, you know, and, and so we know, though, that, that the ultimate goal is to get better. Um, and so that's kind of the ways that we do it is just put ourselves in situations that uh, make it tougher for that. Okay, we'll take one more question from Jared Lloyd and we'll be done with Isaiah. Isaiah, I know that there's been some guys on the linebacking core, safeties and, and different things dinged up a little bit. Does that put a little more on you just because – the depth is diminished; has diminished just a little bit because of of some of those things. How do you view that? No, we we have guys that um, step up, and and that's I think kind of the beauty of of what we have going right now is that we have guys. We the leadership 
you know, and, and everyone that kind of trickles down in the program, we're, we're, we're all a, a special unit. I mean, this, this team is just one that I've never been a part of. Um, and just the, the depth, the guys step up, guys have made plays. Um, the, the mentality is next man up. Um, everyone prepares the same way. Everyone gets the same amount of reps. So we're constantly just preparing guys. And I think that's kind of the step that this program has taken this year is that there are guys, you know, throughout the depth chart who could start, you know, and, and um, any, any single one of them could start, you know, at those positions. And so uh, I think that just goes to show just kind of where the program's at, how the coaches have now developed um, just the whole program and, and kind of what we got going. So um, not, not to worry about it. I hope, you know, those guys can just get back to us because we, um, you know, obviously we don't want to just be super thin at those positions, but um, we, we have the guys. Okay, thank you, Isaiah. That's Isaiah Kafusi, Zach Wilson next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Zach Wilson talking to reporters after BYU's 41-10 win over WKU Western Kentucky. Let's join in via Zoom with Zach. Uh, spinning guys up, dropping guys, you know, running all over the field, covering different areas of the field, you know, to try and confuse us. And, um, you know, that's what happens. It's a, it's a credit to us, honestly. You know, they you, you can tell that they've uh, studied us and they don't think they can hang with us uh, running their base stuff. And so um, huge, huge for us to finish those drives. Uh, the way we started, the energy was, was important for us. How we could uh, start the game off with the score was huge. Um, that was exactly what we needed. Hey, we'll take a question from Jay Drew, Mitch Harper, and Sean Walker. Yeah, Zach, just in case we don't get to talk to you next week, I'm going to ask this tonight. What are your thoughts about facing Boise? And obviously two years ago, the kind of the ending that you obviously probably didn't like. What are your thoughts, and is that any motivation for you? Uh, Yeah, you know, really really not reflecting on the past at all. we got a new team. They got a new team <clears throat> two years later. Um, but again, just a great opportunity for us. That's a great, great football team over at Boise. And, um, you know, they do well at home as well. And so uh, this is a big week, a big week for us preparation wise. Everyone's got to be dialed in. We got to get on the film and we got to take it seriously in practice because this is a, a good football team we're going to face. And um, we got to give them our best shot. And Zach, you talk about that big week. Uh, I mean, you guys are only going to have about two days to practice coming up. I mean, how are you guys going to be able to you know, navigate this and make sure you're dialed in for, for this big contest coming up next Friday? Yeah, we're an experienced team. Guys are going to be ready. You know, no matter how many days of practice, we're going to, we're going to heal up, uh, take our rehab seriously, make sure everyone's healthy. And, um, you know, really for me, it's, it's the film study. I know other guys are going to be like that, but the mental reps is, uh, you know, just as good, if not better than the uh, practice reps against the scout team. And so that's going to be crucial this week, <clears throat> making sure guys take that seriously. And, uh, you know, really a great opportunity for us to show that we can play on a Friday, even even with a Tuesday missing. And, um, you know, we just got to be ready. Uh, Zach, you kind of touched on this right there, but with that off day on election day, NCAA mandated and everything, do you feel like there's that much more of, of kind of a, I don't want to use the word pressure, but but just more of a reason to get a jump on next week and do what you guys can kind of in your downtime by yourselves and sort of outside of official practices, I guess? Yeah, you know, for sure. There's more of a press. You, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. You got to catch up days. Um, 
you have to, you know, we, we really start counting them backwards from, you know, if it's a Friday, we start, we start to say Monday is actually Tuesday. And, uh, you know, this week we might even say, we might even say that come Wednesday, you know, it's Thursday, you know, it's, it's getting to the game time already just because of, of the situation that we have. And so, uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that, that we're uh, ready for this game. And, and, you know, I'm confident we will be, I'm not too worried about, uh, you know, the short week or, or having that Tuesday off. Okay, that's it for All right, that is Zach Wilson. We'll visit next with Lopini Katoa after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougars go to 7-0 for the first time since 2001. 41-10 over Western Kentucky is our final score. We'll be visiting on the headset very shortly with Lopini Katoa. Lopini part of BYU's uh, resounding win, 31-point decision for BYU after a 32-point lead at the break at 35-3 was the lead. Things slowed down a little bit after halftime. A lot of reasons for that, but uh, 41 points makes it 40-plus uh, in six of the first seven games this year, Riley, and as I noted before, I was somewhat surprised to learn that that the five in the first six had never happened, and uh, now it's six in seven for the first time ever. That's pretty cool. Let's talk about it with uh, Lopini Katoa. Pini, good to have you on tonight. Thank you. So the points keep on piling up. You guys have topped 46 times in seven games. You're finding a way to get it done in different ways, it seems, week to week, but the consistency is there, and I'm sure that makes you happy. Yeah, it's awesome just to see you know, the hard work over the years just, just come together. So ever, so ever since I've been here at BYU, um, good things have happened. We've always put in work, but now to see the work uh, pay off is awesome. When you guys are so good in a first half, five touchdowns and five drives, but then things start to get mixed up in the second half, you bring in different guys, how tough is it to keep the pedal to the metal and, and have the same kind of rhythm and vibe for a full you know, 45 or 60 in this case? Yeah, it's a challenge for sure to, you know, come in after half if, if you haven't been playing or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but there's things that obviously we need to fix to to keep our momentum going after halftime and, and just keep on moving the ball as an offense. It's definitely a focus of ours. Lopini, you had the long reception tonight, 42 yards for the touchdown, a couple of nice cutbacks. Walk us through that play. It looked to me like maybe you started in protection, then were able to check out, and Zach, Zach was able to find you. To walk us through that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's one of those where, you know, if I if my guy doesn't come, I can get out, and the guy kind of came late, and, that, you know, Zach saw me, luckily, and, um, yeah, just guys are blocking downfield. Receivers were straight to finish, and so that always um, helps out, and, after your you know yards after catch, so it felt good. You're one of the best guys in BYU history at getting into the end zone with the number of touches you get. Uh, you seem to have a nose for that goal line, and do you get the sense that, uh, yeah, it seems like, wow, with, with my touches, I tend to get in quite a bit. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just happening that way. I don't. It's just a credit to the team as a whole, I guess. I'm just a guy who gets the ball, luckily. 21 touchdowns and counting for your BYU career. So it's been talked about during the postgame press conference about the schedule you guys have. No practice on Sunday, obviously. You can practice Monday, but then you can't on Tuesday. You can practice Wednesday, and then you're on the road Thursday. This game's going to come up quick. How do you guys handle very minimal days of prep for a huge game? Um it's a good challenge for us you know we just got to make the most of the days that we have to practice and and we will coaches will get us ready Um, we'll come ready to work next week and we'll make the most of the time we have 
Lopini Siona came in uh, in that fourth quarter, and we weren't expected to see you again. And then it looked to me like he got – did he get a little bit gassed there at the end? He got a few touches in a row, and then he was calling to the sideline yeah. and, and came in there. Is that to, just him working his way back in after the injury a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. You know, he – I don't know if he was used to, you know, running the ball like that, and so I was just able to relieve him, but try to get him back in as soon as he could. Yeah, it did him a solid there as a vet helping the young guy out. <laughs> How big do you think the game is Friday at Boise State? Big picture. It's huge for us. Um, you know, like going out to Boise, we know that um, the blue turf is – There's. it's been a while for a winner. I don't know if it's ever happened. You always won on that turf. But nope, never won up there. Well, so, no, they've never beaten Boise up there because the bowl game, you know, right. that, that's a win up there. But, right. yeah. Exactly. So we know it's a challenge. Um, Boise, obviously, we see them as like a rival of ours. So we're. it's not a game that's going to be hard to get up for. And so we're excited at the opportunity for sure. Well, Lopini, congratulations on another win for you and the guys tonight. Rest up, get healthy, get as much work as you can in a short span of time, and best of luck in Boise next weekend. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, that is Lopini Katoa. We'll come back and hear from the other locker room. Head coach Tyson Helton from WKU next here on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We will hear from Western Kentucky head coach Tyson Helton coming up in Cougar Nation now. We've got the Cougar postgame coaches show coming up with Kalani Sitake, who makes a brief appearance to end the locker room show. Kalani, congratulations on going 7-0 for the season. Thank you. Yeah, excited for the win and, and uh Looking forward to the next one. Got to get this one uh, corrected and and, uh, move on. And the moving on means Boise State, and we'll talk about that and more with the coach next. It is the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, and it's right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. The Cougars score in all four quarters on the way to a 41-10 win over Western Kentucky tonight here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That four-quarter scoring is uh, is pretty reliable in the Kalani Sitake era. BYU now 16-2. and when they can score points in every quarter, BYU scored 35 in the first two quarters, then a field goal in the third, field goal in the fourth, and 41-10 is your final back again with head coach Kalani Sitake. So when you're up 35-3, to you guys basically play a perfect first half offensively and almost perfect defensively, only a field goal. How tough is it to maintain that same type of feel for the next 30 minutes? Well, I mean, the, the, the guys aren't perfect, so, you know, we... we, we... Uh, try to emphasize finishing strong, and we know that we're going to get some reserves in the in the game. But I think the the importance needs to be on playing excited football and uh, getting better. And and uh, we saw some good things. Don't get me wrong. And I like that we scored points every quarter. But I like to score touchdowns. I like to get some disruption. I like when the team's down and they're throwing the ball. I like to get some sacks and interceptions. So things we got to improve on, and and hopefully we can get better between now and and Friday when we play against Boise. Coach Tyler Algier, five yards shy of 
the century mark, but Zach has garnered so much attention. But as a former quarterback, I know that when your run game's working, and even though even if they're not you know two two fifty, even if you're not they're get, not getting fed that much, the fact that they're consistently contributing one hundred and fifty plus, and Tyler being such a big part of that. Talk about maybe Tyler a little bit, and then just the run game overall, and what it's meant to the success of this offense. Yeah, uh, Ty- Tyler's a tough kid, and and he knows how to break tackles. He runs with great pad level, and he's a violent runner. It's always a struggle because in practice, that's how he runs too. So you always worry about him getting banged up. But uh, the guy just—he's—he's he's a resilient, uh, physical, violent runner. And then when you have that type of guy with with a uh, great vision and um, speed, um, you know, I I just feel like <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of plays that he makes and. You know, penalties have cost him cost him some yards, but the guy just doesn't complain. He just he's a great team guy, and and always looking for ways to get better. So I'm um, really pleased with him. And when he does that, and when our when he and Belopini and our and our run game works, we can do some play action um, pass and and get the the backers and safeties to, to kind of like cheat up a little bit, and we can hit the deep ball. So we had some of those shots and just didn't capitalize on some of the deep balls tonight. Uh, enough of them. What do you say about how Western Kentucky played you on the hole tonight? Yeah, I thought they've played aggressive. They're trying to, you know, they're they're doing a lot of th- uh, a lot of um, squatting down on a lot of routes and then trying to take away the run game, you know. And I think the fact that we were able to get some establish a run game early uh, helped us out in a lot of the deep balls and a lot of uh, play action pass. And Zach uh, made some good decisions. He had one bad throw that I, you know, even some of the other throws that he made, I felt like the receivers they have to catch those balls. And so, uh, you know, if we can get that get, get that going and, and get some of those things fixed in the next week, I really like our chances. And defensively, we just got to play great fundamental football. I don't know if we, we seem like we missed a good amount of tackles and missed some opportunities. So uh, looking forward to getting better, though. You hope to get some guys back, particularly on the defensive side of the ball next week, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel good about that. I mean, uh, just talking to Zane right now, he, you know, we'll have to see. But I, I think there's a chance that he could play this week and, and – um, Obviously, we want to want to be as optimistic as possible, but I want to be able to protect him as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. If if not, we feel good about the depth. And I, so, yeah, and, and I think it's positive that you had Du Boise with a healthy quarterback, a healthy one-two-three at running back right now. Uh, your top three receivers, your top tight ends, pretty much everybody who needs to be in in tip-top shape feels that way. Even though there's going to be natural, you know, bumps and bruises that happen through seven games, nothing is going to keep your most important players off the field on Friday night. Yeah, and and, and starting with the front guys, that, that yeah. that's that's the important part for us. Our O line, D line. I, I, I'd like our D line to be more disruptive, more stout. I, I'm not happy about the run game. I, I felt like our run defense wasn't good enough. So I have to look at that and see what the what the breakdown was, and make sure that our front seven plays a lot more stout versus the run. Yeah, the 156 yards rushing the most against you uh, this season from from WKU tonight. Uh, overall, can you play this game against Boise and get the same result? Do you think, or do things have to change and improve for you next week? Well, I'm always looking to get better, and regardless of who the opponent is, and so. Um, you know, we know we're going to get some guys back and we're going to be healthier next week. So there's going to be more uh, experience and more guys starting the game uh, against Boise. But um, that just can't be the, the overriding, like, comfort. You know, we we have some guys that stepped up. I, I was really pleased with some of the DBs that stepped up and made some plays tonight. Um, we're going to need those guys. But um, we just can't, just can't sit there and, and, and rest on the fact that we have a big lead. You know, we need to play assignment sound football and, and play some motivated football. And 
I just I, I'm just really upset that we didn't get enough um, we didn't get enough physical play from our our defense, and then hopefully we can get that done. Coach, uh, really quick before, because we're so anxious to move on, talk Boise and all that, but one of the things that I thought was a concerted effort from Western Kentucky was to take the rhythm and the tempo and, you know, the air out of the ball, out of the stadium, right, and and limit the time that BYU was able to possess the ball. I envision with how potent the offense has been and the staggering numbers that they've put up that do you you envision that as, as a strategy that other teams implement? And if so, how do you counteract it? Yeah, that's a good strategy. I mean, you know, limit limit the uh, the, the series, limit the, op- the opportunities to score. Um, but you know, for us, it's just to maximize the opportunities that we have. And so, when you have five touchdowns in the first half within five and dr- five of a series, then that's a good uh, retention rate. You know, so um, we just got to find ways to keep scoring and be more efficient with the amount of times that we give. And if teams want to want to slow the game down and, and possess the ball, then fine. But Defensively, we've got to get the ball back and and play um, more better team football. I don't think the time possession worked out in our favor, and that's that's disappointing, you know. And and uh, definitely the, the turnover margin's got to improve in our favor. So there's a lot of things to get better, but we're aware of it and just need to see that happen in the next in in the next week. That has to happen now before we get to Boise. It was an even night in the turnover margin, and only Houston had more possession time against uh, BYU than WKU tonight. 33 and change for the Hilltoppers, almost 27 minutes for BYU. More with Coach Kalani Sitake is coming up next. BYU wins it 41-10 over the Hilltoppers right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is time for the Mountain America Field Goal Recap. For each field goal BYU makes this season, Mountain America donates $250 to the American Red Cross. Today, the Cougars made two field goals, 49 and 45 yards from Jake Oldroyd for a running total of eight field goals this season, plus a 50-yard bonus. For an earlier field goal this year, that brings you to $2,250 from Mountain America to the American Red Cross. We continue our conversation now with Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach. Cougars win it by a score of 41-10. to 10. An unusual situation tonight, Kalani, where a team goes 10-plus minutes and 20 plays and doesn't get a point out of the drive. You guys held on first, second, third, and fourth and goal from the one at the end of that long drive. Didn't give up a point uh, after 20 plays. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, you know, we first of all got to get off the field, uh, and, and that, that drive was way too long. I'm sick of giving up these long drives. It's been three weeks in a row now where we give up a long drive that takes up a lot of time, and and uh, we have to play better on third downs in those drives. And so I'm um, just glad that we were able to be, you know, basically hold hold our ground at the very end and, and get, get a turnover on downs and, and uh, disappointed that we, we turned the ball right back over and, Gave him the ball back on the three-yard line, which is obviously I'd like our guys to respond better, but they scored on that first down and, and uh, first play. And um, I don't care if they put it on the one-inch line. I expect our guys to play better. So uh, there's some things that we got to get better. Obviously, taking care of the football is important, but uh, defensively there's many opportunities that we had on that long 20-play drive to get out of the dang thing. And so I'm, I'm really upset about the second half defensively, just some things that we – didn't score enough on offense, and uh, field goals, we kicked field goals. That was good, but uh, really upset about the, the performance second half. We need we need to do better. 
So, Coach, typically, and obviously I didn't have the great fortune of playing under you, so I don't know, but uh, I don't know exactly what your schedule is, but typically Monday's kind of a come out, you know, run the soreness off, test and try some things that maybe are going to go into the playbook that week, but it's it's not a big work day. And then whenever it's a Friday game, Wednesday turns into a Thursday, which is normally a just helmets run through. And uh, you already talked in your post-game press conference. We all know about the, the deal on Tuesday, but which day is more likely to become kind of that work day, uh, that that typical Tuesday or Wednesday practice, Monday or Wednesday? In, in other words, are you going to err on the side of giving guys more recovery or you more want to put in a good work day on Wednesday to make sure you're as sharp as close to Friday as possible? No, I think we're going to have to work on Monday. We talked to the team about it, and we're going to have a, a full work day. And I know there's some guys that are, that are a little banged up, and there's some guys that are going to be sore and tired from this game. But uh, we, had, we got to rest a lot of guys too, so – um, Monday's got to be a full work day, and, and and you know there's some guys that might be might not get the full day of work, but it doesn't matter. We got to we got to get to work and take advantage of that time. And then Tuesday, obviously, we're going to be off, and then Wednesday we got to clean it up and be ready to roll. I, I look at this as as a as a Thursday preparation time. You know, like a, when you go from a Saturday game to a Thursday game. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I think we have some things in plan and. The difference is we're going to game eight, and so there's a lot of things that we've done in the past eight weeks that have got us ready for this 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 situation that we're in right now where we can kind of look at our schemes and look at our plays and figure out um, for the next little bit, coaches and players, that Monday we get going. We, we have to put this game away, though, soon. Uh, we're not even going to talk about, um, you know, Western Kentucky when it comes Monday, so everything's going to be printed out. We'll send it out the reminders and our text threads and all that, our, our communication stuff and let them know the communi- the things that we're going to improve on, get to the g- game corrections. But more than anything, Monday we start Boise and, and stick with it. I know you're focused on some corrections from today, but let's note that Western Kentucky had the uh, third fewest points and third fewest uh, yards of any opponent you've played. Uh, fewest points and yards allowed Kalani since late September, that Troy game. So, uh, you know, th- th- there were some solid numbers to, to be happy with, and there are some fine points you're going to want to get after. But uh, ultimately, it's, it's 7-0, and and um, you're, you're doing a lot of things well to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of good things, guys. Don't get me wrong. I, I, obviously, I'm, um, I want to fix the issues that we had, but uh, we'll get to that. But, you know, I think they had 100 yards in the first half and had 100, you know, 150, 160 in the second. So, um there's some things that, that that I know we want to improve on, but I, I think there's a good way to build it. I'm just kind of frustrated right now with you, so you guys are, are hearing the frustrated <laughs> part of me. But these these guys know how much how much we care about them. They know how much how much uh, I know how much they 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 love each other and work hard. But it's so much easier to do it after a win <laughs> to get after the guys. And um, you know, I, I just I think they'll be ready. We'll be we'll be ready for that game. You know, it's going to be a unique week, but uh, you know. It'll be unique in a lot of different ways, so we're looking forward to, to doing some new things, and, and even though the schedule is going to be somewhat of a distraction, it won't bother us at all. There will be enough different perspectives on just what this game means on Friday night, but what do you think BYU at Boise State means here in six nights? What's on the line? Well, I, I, they're a rival game for us. The fact that they are, they're a game every every year now, we've had it on our schedule for a long time. A lot of respect for their fan base and their and their coaching staff and their players. Really looking forward to the matchup. Um, this is something that we're really excited about. I'm just happy that they were able to put us on our schedule, that the Mountain West Conference accommodated us, and that Boise really wanted us to play them. So that means a lot for to me, 
uh, it just shows the, the the excitement that they have to play play us. I know our fans are excited to play them too. So uh, just two good programs that, that respect the crap out of each other. And let's go out there and bang it up and see what happens. We'll need to wait a little while to see what it ultimately means. But for now, it's two nationally ranked teams, two undefeated teams, two great rivals, and a BYU team that's still looking to beat Boise for the first time on its home field. There's a lot going on, despite everything else that might come after. We all know what that is. There's a lot of other things in play. It's just a great setup, isn't it? It is, and just so thankful that we have this opportunity and a lot of appreciation and gratitude from our end. You know, and um, So quality opponent, um, exciting time, national TV, um, not a lot of games going that night, so a lot of eyes will be on us and looking forward to the game, looking forward to getting better, improving, and then having a great, unique week of preparation and getting out there and playing at our best. Great note to end on. Kalani, congratulations again on the win. Best of luck in getting a lot done in not a lot of time. And uh, the very best of wishes to getting up there safely and having a great game here in six nights. Thank you to you guys. Thanks, thanks to all our fans. Looking forward to the next game. Appreciate you guys. Go Cougs. Thanks, Kalani. Kalani Sitake with us, and that is the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, is coming up next. We'll begin the show by hearing from Western Kentucky's head coach, Tyson Helton, then we'll turn it over to Cougar Nation via Twitter. Tweet us with the hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN, CNN for Cougar Nation Now. You can email us, Cougar Nation Now, one long word, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. You can also tweet me directly, tweet at Greg Rubel. And we'll uh, take a look at your comments and see where they take us in our discussion. Mitchell Juergens will join us back in the broadcast booth as well. Greg and Riley and Mitch with you, Cougar Nation, for BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. And that's coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 41 in Western Kentucky 10. Tonight's final score if they gave us the uh, final attendance here tonight. 6,843 officially. Let's call that another 6,000-person sellout, right? Why not? Terrific. 6,843. And the game took uh, three hours and 18 minutes to play. And we're now uh, almost at 1 a.m. here on a, on a Sunday morning. And uh, I, all I know is this. By the time I get home, I'll have gained an hour. I know that much. Uh, yeah. d- daylight savings is it does two, end is it tonight. Two, does two the hour, two, two a.m. starts again. Two goes to one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, folks, ch- change your clocks back before you go to bed tonight, or if it's uh, you're still awake and it's two a.m., set it back to one. We'll be good to go. All right. Let's uh, let's before we get into uh, Cougar Nation's comments on BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now hashtag BYUCNN. Let us hear from the other locker room. We've heard a lot from BYU. Hope you've enjoyed our post game coverage so far. Thanks a great deal to Jason Shepard, Blaine Fowler, and all the folks at BYU Radio Studios doing their part at their end. On our end, we now bring it to Western Kentucky and the head coach of the Hilltoppers, Tyson Helton, who spoke with the media via Zoom shortly after his team's 41-10 loss to BYU. Good BYU football team we played tonight, very talented team. We uh, had penalties that was unlike us. I was a little disappointed in that. You know, we had two third-down stops defensively, that, uh, and then we got penalties and uh, so that was disappointing. Had the turnover by the offense on our second drive. 
just can't do that versus a really good football team. But, you know, kids played hard, tried to give their best, but penalties and turnovers are going to get you versus good football teams. With that said, questions. Coach Jared McDonald with the Daily News here. Um, that first drive, you guys took, um, you know, quite a bit of time off the clock. You guys were able to move the ball and, and put some points on the board. Um, you know, after the fumble in your second possession, it seemed like you guys weren't able to really get that going again. How much did you feel like that turnover kind of uh, changed the momentum and, and kind of halted what you guys were doing? Uh, I don't think it changed momentum. I, you know, the first drive was a nice drive. I wish we, you know, would have scored a touchdown. We were able to get three, you know, right off the bat on first down on the second drive, make a nice run and fumble. And, and so, um, you know, gave them the ball right back. They score. The next two drives, you know, we had the ball four times in the first half. The next two drives, we I think we made first downs on both of those, but then stalled out. But, um, you know, I, I don't think each drive kind of takes a life of its own, you know. Um, we went back out there the second half, had a 20-play drive, got down to the one, uh, couldn't put it in there. That was disappointing, but defense stepped up and, got a turnover for us and we were able to get it in there the next play. So that was good to see, but, uh, you know, it's hard to say this, but there was a lot of good things I saw out there tonight from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, as far as moving the football, we just got to get the ball in the end zone and, uh, you know, defensively we knew it was going to probably be a tough outing. You know, they were good, good heck of an offense one thing I was disappointed in were the, were the penalties that, you know, kept us on the field defensively. Shared with the Daily News again, with those penalties where you're going up against such a good offense, does that play a factor in those becoming, um, I guess, more frequent in a game like this? Or what did you see that kind of led to just that major increase in penalties tonight? I think it was a big, talented football team that when you play those guys, you have a tendency to get more penalties. You know, you – you get out of position, you lose your technique, you, you know, and, and next thing you know, you you grab a guy and, you know, or you, you know, you, the two uh, helmet to helmets tonight were unfortunate because one key, you know, he's just trying to make a play. And then uh, Kendrick, which who was playing really nice, who replaced key, the young freshman, I was really enjoying watching him. He's going to be a good player. He had an unfortunate helmet to helmet, uh, so that was disappointing, but it was probably more to do with just, you know, when you play a good team, we just got out of position, lost technique and those kind of things. Coach uh, Matt Barber with the uh, College Heights Herald. Talking about BYU's quarterback and Zach Wilson, he showed why he's one of the better quarterbacks in the nation tonight. What was the toughest thing uh, about neutralizing him? Uh, well, two things that stand out to me is, one, he's deadly accurate with football. I mean, his, his timing's impeccable. He's, he's extremely accurate. Uh, and, and then the offensive line gave him a lot of time to, to be able to sit back in the pocket. I mean, we couldn't get to the passer, you know. I mean, they, they were doing a great job of blocking our front four, and, and our pass rush wasn't, you know, getting him off the spot. So he's able to sit back there and have a nice day, you know, so – but uh, nothing against our D-line. They were just really good offensive line and blocked us pretty well. And so that combination of having all day to throw the football and being pretty dang accurate with the ball as a quarterback is a deadly combination. So he's definitely one of the best in the country. That's for sure.
Tyson Helton, head coach of the Western Kentucky Hilltopper. Zach Wilson tonight, 18 for 32 for 224. Three touchdowns and a pick. Passer rating of 139.7, helping BYU to a 31-point victory, 41 to 10 over the Hilltoppers of WKU. We'll get to Cougar Nation's comments on BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU fans, we've got good news. We're having a football season. It may not have all the traditions, but one tradition you can count on is the annual game day tea. Pick up this year's official football game day tea for only $10 at our newly designed campus store or online at BYUstore.com. BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Don't drive dirty, Cougar fans. Quick Quack has 25 car washes in Utah with unlimited wash memberships, including new locations in Payson and Eagle Mountain. Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved everywhere. Play action. Throws for the end zone. It's caught for a touchdown. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Listen up, Cougar fans. Now is your chance to get a $100 bonus from Mountain America Credit Union. Simply open a new MyStyle checking account and sign up for e-statements and direct deposit. It's your ticket to amazing rewards, loan discounts, and a $100 bonus. Open your MyStyle checking account at any Mountain America branch or macu.com slash BYU100. Account must remain open for at least six months or bonus will be debited at closing. Membership required based on eligibility. Some restrictions apply. You know that BYU Radio brings you shows that inform, inspire, and entertain, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's just a part of what we do. Follow BYU Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to see programming notes, quotes from our interviews, information about contests, and behind-the-scenes photos and videos. You can also visit our website to see episode descriptions, information about our hosts, and an extensive show archive. Find us now at BYUradio.org. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 41, Western Kentucky 10. Cougars go to 7-0, and Western Kentucky falls to 2-5. BYU was ranked 10th and 11th by the coaches in the AP last week. We'll wait till tomorrow morning around 11 for the coaches and noon for the AP to see where BYU is tomorrow. But I do know this. BYU's never scored the ball like this historically. First time in BYU history that they've scored 40 or more in six of their first seven games. Got to 41 tonight. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The BYU Creamery will be giving away two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream later in this very program. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson and now Mitchell Juergens joining us here in the broadcast booth. Let's uh, kick off Cougar Nation now by bringing in a question from our good friend at Chaplain Schumann, who says, minus seven minutes in total possession time tonight, with most of that on the 10-minute Western Kentucky drive. This was frustrating to watch, he writes, and I wonder if the longer time on the bench affected BYU's offense in the third quarter. Your thoughts, Riley Nelson? 
Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you just Kalani talked about it, but uh, one of the things I would have done if in armchair quarterback, right? But you come out, Tyler gets you eight yards on the first. You come out from being backed up on your own one yard line, and you get three rushes, and then for a first down. Yeah, for first down, right? And and it's actually running pretty well. Now, here's what I don't know. I don't know what the play call was, and I don't know what the read was. But my choice would not have been to throw a streak read, right? A streak read is what you call it when the guy's either – he's got the option that if he stacks the DB, then he's going deep and you're throwing a go ball. Or if the DB's on his hip or keeps leverage on top of him, you're throwing the back shoulder, right? Obviously, that was the miscommunication between Keanu Hill and Zach Wilson. I would have – stuck with the run a little bit longer or I would have called a play that kind of keeps that mo- keeps that momentum going on the drive instead of turning it right back because it just you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, and maybe that's what Zach was trying to do. Having spent so much longer, he was getting antsy. He's like, you know, what? I'm going to take a shot to the outside here, and uh, it just didn't work out. But I would have come out, run, run, run. Maybe get a little play action, a little. Uh, this BYU offense does not run a ton of like quick game. They don't run a, t- a ton of intermediate stuff. So really, w- having watched this team, what it would have been is run, run, run. Come out, play action. You know, dump it off to one of your tight ends get that going and then get get uh, Dax back in and take a shot with him. Mitch Jurgens. Yeah. Here we go. Sorry about that. Um yeah, so when I when I kind of um to answer the question, yes, it can certainly throw you off. I mean, when you look at um football's a game of rhythm, right? You got to get in a rhythm and, and I even go back to the first uh, the very first quarter um, BYU obviously goes on to scores. Western Kentucky gets the ball, and they have a very long, sustained drive as well. Um, at the tail end of that drive, Zach Wilson is actually – he had to rewarm up his arm on the sideline. And, and that's just something – I mean, you, if you sit too long, and, and not that it's – it's not too cold out there, but obviously the weather doesn't play in your favor as far as, you know, the temperature starts to drop. And, and if guys are sitting around too long, it can get you out of that mindset and out of that rhythm. Um and and so certainly, I mean, if the defense can't get off the field and the offense is off the field for too long, it is going to play a little bit of an effect, and you really have to bring that energy or find it somehow within to, to re-energize and almost restart the game because that's, in essence, what you're doing. So considering the fact that BYU scores in the final minute of the first half, Western Kentucky ended the first half with the ball, then you had halftime of 20 minutes, then a 10-minute drive to open the second half, it was 45 to 50 minutes of real time where they didn't play any offensive football. They re- there really was a rewarming up needed in in a way, and that was the first that was his first throw of the second half. The pick was his first throw, right? It was. Yeah, the pick was his first throw, and it was it ended his streak of 184 consecutive pass attempts without an interception. By the way, he owns the record now at 184, and uh, he had it going 20 beyond the previous record. So um, good on him for that. Question from David Welker coming with hashtag BYUCNN. He writes, "Great first half." The best we can hope for, he says, is that the bulk of the voters went to bed at halftime. Uh, it, it was a frustrating second half in a lot of ways, it's true. He goes on, at some point, do you think we'll see BYU play four quarters like they mean it? Now, let's that that's his impression, not ours. He says, let's hope they bring a full game next week uh, at Boise State, and will Boise allow fans? They didn't for their first game. I don't know that there would be fans for the second game. They're pretty strict up there based on protocol we've heard about. But the point is, rather than saying four quarters like you mean it, I think it's first of all, has to be, four quarters with starters 
looks a little different than four quarters with a bunch of um, uh, you know non-starters playing most of the third and sometimes the fourth quarter. So it's going to look at the, the Houston game is is a pretty good indication of how good can how be good BYU can be late in a game. BYU was amazing late in that game with starters in the game. Yeah, they meant it, and yeah, they kept them in the whole game, and we saw what they could do. I think it's purely a function of big leads and depth and knowing games are in hand. And, and you don't want to whitewash too much the fact that there was a, a little bit lacking in the second half. Certainly Kalani was clearly frustrated by the second half. That was not a happy Kalani about the second half. But there's a lot of things going into it. And, and there's going to be a real amp up um, needed for what's going to happen on Friday night. Uh, and it's going to be a game when it's going to be all hands on deck for 60. And I don't think there's going to be any kind of a feel that we had tonight in the second half at any point in the game at Boise State. Yeah, the... To me, the, the second half, the first stringers came out on defense, played four plays, and then, Greg, you called it. It was a platoon. I think it was at least seven or nine of the guys switched out. And then we're seeing guys like Jax Kafusi, Drew Jensen, you know, Josh Wilson. We're seeing clear second and third string guys, guys not in the normal rotation, are on there. And then what happened? First down. First down. You know, there was a big stretch in there. So they um, after the first – they got one first down on the first stringers. They put them in there around the 30-yard line. Then they, in like three plays, they cross. Well, maybe not three, but probably in like four or five plays, they cross over. Now all of a sudden they're on the 40, and all the it was like uh, all of the first stringers get up off the bench and get back in the game. Anyway, like it's as much on the offense to set the tone as it was on the defense. That's those second string guys got to come in prepared. But now these guys, like they're they're mature and they're gonna revel in the opportunity to play all four quarters next week. I don't have any – they all talked about how it's a rivalry game. We all know, even though none of them are willing to admit it, we all know they've been they've had this game circled on the calendar for months now, um, ever since the Mountain West announced again that they were going to play – well, months, however long ago that was that Mountain West announced that they were going to play, and they confirmed the game with BYU. So I don't have any concerns about them playing all four. Mitch, any thoughts? No, my, my only two thoughts here, or not one thought um, regarding two players. In the second half, we really did not see. Uh, obviously, Gunner wasn't out there, and, and Kalani did confirm that it was um, straight precautionary reasons, which is good to see because in that first half, Gunner looked like Gunner. Um, he looked healthy. He looked fast. Uh, that catch he made here close to the goal line, I mean, uh, that was an incredible play. And even in that second half as well, Dax wasn't involved. Um, those two guys, they they have been the spark plug of this offense for this entire season. Um, they add that. I mean, you can have explosive play after explosive play, right? Going to going to Gunner, going to Dax, and that can do you know do wonders for your offense on a, on a sustained drive basis. And so um, I just think those two guys having them you know for four quarters next week, which is uh, you know it sounds like that's going to be the case you're going to have that spark plug throughout the entire game, and we could see you know, a great four quarters of football. Let me just set expectations appropriately for BYU fans. This will probably be the first time. The second quarter of Houston, we got to give Houston credit. They, they set the tone. They, they kind of were dictating the pace with their offense, and they did some things to frustrate BYU's defense, but it's really only been, or BYU's offense, their defense frustrated BYU's offense, but it's really only been for about a quarter, maybe a quarter or a half in this entire seven-game season when we've seen BYU not be the reason for either excelling or not. Boise is good enough that when you say bring it all four quarters, don't expect 14, 21 points in all four quarters against Boise. They're a good enough team that there will be moments in that that's going to be an 
an ebb and flow. That's it's going to be like a boxing match. They're going to land some punches. BYU is going to land some punches. So if we see a time, it's not just going to be like oh BYU's in a lull or they need to pick it up. It can it very well may be. Well, in fact, I will say it. I expect times during next week's game when Boise does things that causes frustration for BYU on the offensive side. So the trick is not are we scoring 21 points in all four quarters. The trick is going to be is the effort, the focus, and the concentration still there for all four quarters. As we head to break, I'm going to uh, repose a question I put on Twitter. Poll question at the end of the game tonight. And so it was a statement followed by your options of true or false. And so here's the statement. Nationally ranked BYU at nationally ranked Boise State is the most important football game for BYU since the 1984 Holiday Bowl. Is that true or is that false? Since I posted that at the end of the game, uh, there have been almost 1,600 votes, and it's roughly 50-50. 51 49. 51 say yes, 50, uh, 49% say no. And it's not that it is or it isn't. It's just an interesting debate question. You think, wow, that 1984, that's 36 years of football. BYU's played a lot of big games in 36 years. And, and clearly, they've played hundreds of games, including a lot of really important games. The question is, is what's on the line Friday more important than what's been on the line since that Holiday Bowl game in 1984? And of course, in 1984, you need to beat Michigan to be the national champions. If you don't beat Michigan, you're not. That's a pretty cut and dried, that's an important game. So since that time, what's happened? A lot of things have happened. A lot of games have been played. BYU's won 14 games in a season. BYU's finished top five in a season. BYU's uh, uh, done uh, 6-0. and they've, they've done 7-0. and They've done 12-0. and they've, they've done good things. How important have certain games been is the question compared to what's going to happen on Friday. And and I've gotten a lot of great responses with a lot of great suggestions of games that, 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 that are compete with Friday night at Boise State. One of the interesting things is much of what we're looking at is viewed through the light of hindsight. And because a thing didn't happen means we don't know what would have happened. And the things that would have happened would have given more importance to those games that are now being suggested as being more important than what's happening at Boise State on Friday night. Here's one thing I do know. At no point in any of these other suggested games was there the New Year's Six college football playoff in effect. The new world order in college football did not exist back then like it does now. So the money's never been bigger. The games have never been more structured such that there are the big games in the postseason and then the rest of the games. This is a new situation that BYU finds itself in. And for the first time since it's been to the new situation, the Cougars have a legitimate shot to be a part of the New Year's Six party, which didn't exist before. And they only have a chance to be part of the New Year's Six with a win Friday night at Boise State. And with the New Year's Six, and the playoff is such an outside possibility, I don't even want to necessarily entertain it right now. But with the New Year's Six and the playoff, the money is such as it never was before either. As an independent, BYU is not sharing money with anybody in a conference as they would have been before. There are a lot of reasons why what happens on Friday could have a huge bearing as to BYU's success fiscally and otherwise if they're able to get this win and more beyond it. Let's also know. Let's not look past other games that might come including San Diego State. But there have been some good suggestions. And we'll talk about those suggestions of other games that kind of rank up there and why they might or may not you know, hold a candle to Boise State. But I do know this. I'm already excited, and I'm already sensing just what the vibe is going to be like from waking up game day to getting to the stadium to when that ball kicks off to what's really on the line with a Friday night, nationally ranked, undefeated teams, head-to-head, essentially, in some ways for Boise and BYU, it's a New Year's Six elimination game. BYU doesn't get consideration with a loss, and Boise's trying to be the best G5 out there, and they've got competition. 
a loss for either team, crucial. A win could mean a whole world that BYU's never been in before. Boise's been there. Cougars have not. Um, I'm already excited, and now we get to talk about it. We'll talk about it with you next. It is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN. On the Twitter, more of your comments next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. I put out a poll question on Twitter tonight. The poll question was actually a statement with a true or a false uh, response possibility. And uh, it was roughly 50-50 to this point in the evening, and I'll just restate the question. The question said, uh, the statement was, nationally ranked BYU, 7-0, at nationally ranked Boise State, 2-0, is the most important football game for BYU since the 1984 Holiday Bowl, of course, when they clinched the national championship. And it's 51-49, to the percentage right now, with more than 1,600 votes being cast on Twitter. And a lot of folks who are answering no are giving suggestions for why. The answer is no. And I'll tell you some of those suggestions after I tell you that we're pausing 10 seconds right now for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. So here's what happens to my 53-year-old brain. Okay, I'm told, coming out of our commercial break, that, Greg, we need to get a station ID in. I'm like, you got it. Right on, Liam. And within 10 seconds, I've forgotten that fact. And I'm going off on some other tangent. Greg, with the most important game in BYU football history <laughs> looming, how can we remember like inconsequential things like a legal ID? Come on, radio <laughs> regulators out there. So 10 seconds after I'm told what to do, I forget what to do, and it's up to my man, Riley Nelson, to write on a piece of paper what I'm supposed to do and hold it in front of my face so I can do it. And I did it. Thank you, Riley. All right, so the question was, is this the most important game in 36 years? And people say, no, you, you, uh, you're, you're wrong about that. Or not that you're wrong, but no, it's not. Cotton Bowl 1996, that gets brought up a lot. Uh, that, that's the 15th game of the year. BYU was 13-1 going in. It was a New Year's Day bowl game for the first time in BYU history. They played a Big, 10, a Big 12 team. Uh, they beat them, Kansas State, and they finished 14-1. Set an NCAA single-season record for wins at 14 and finished top five in the AP. Highest ever end-of-season rank. That's pretty big. What it didn't do was give BYU an undefeated season, and it didn't put BYU in any kind of uh, – they weren't in the bowl. It was the bowl alliance at the time. Yeah. The Cotton Bowl was not one of the bowl alliance bowls, so they weren't in the, you know, quote-unquote New Year's Six, BCS. They weren't in that rotation. Sugar, it was a big bowl. Orange, rose, it was a big yeah. bowl. It was a New Year's Day bowl, and it was a 14-win season. But in terms of true stakes, it could be argued. Uh, earlier in that year, in fact, the second game of the year, or third game of the year, it was Washington. That, uh, that a game that BYU did not win so that BYU could not be an undefeated team that season. It was actually game three. They were 2-0 going to Seattle. It was the only game they lost. You could argue that at the time, well, that's a pretty big game because if they beat that team, then they don't lose again. Well, I would argue the season's too young. Yeah. You don't know. You're three games point. in. Yeah. yeah, but that was suggested as one that, that kind of would have set everything else up. Uh, BYU-TCU in 2008. BYU goes into that game 6-0 and uh, undefeated. TCU, I think, was also nationally ranked at the time. Yeah. And BYU loses 
um, loses again in the regular season and loses again after that to end the season. So because they lost three times that year, people don't look at the, that season and go, oh, that would have been a special and, year. And by the way, okay, they get past TCU, but that uh, 08 game in rice Eccles Stadium was ugly yeah. against the Utah team that yeah. eventually beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. So BYU losing to TCU did take the Cougars out of any undefeated thought at that point. Uh, and that was the last 6-0 team before this team that we saw here tonight. Because that TCU game would not have been – you still had that Utah game looming because Utah was undefeated at that yeah. point too. So while it would have been good, it would have only been the half step, and the and the full step would not have been until the last game of the year against Utah. That game would have been looming anyway. Yeah, the reality yeah. is, as we look at this schedule, there are no games after Boise that loom as large as what that Utah game would have loomed. Yeah. BYU does finish with San Diego State. It's here at home. Uh, Florida State in 09 and TCU in 09 uh, both get brought up. Florida State was the third game of the year again pretty early in the season but you've beaten nationally ranked Oklahoma you're 2 and 0 but you get handled really well by Florida State and so nobody thinks that a team that lost by 26 at home was capable of breaking any kind of coalition alliance BCS etc. And later in the year it was only a one loss BYU team that played TCU and that was the game day game when the when ESPN brought their crew here and the Cougars did lose that game, didn't lose again the rest of the year, but that finished being a, a, a two-loss campaign. And just to, just to touch on that year, so you say, oh, but a one-loss Mountain West champ you know, might sneak backdoor into it. I just looked it up that year, so there were three at-larges. Cincinnati played Florida State in the in the Sugar Bowl, and, uh, and they were undefeated. So Cincinnati was undefeated. And then TCU played Boise, lost to Boise 17-10 to in the Fiesta Bowl that year. So there are actually three. The other two at-larges were, um, or sorry, they were all undefeated. So all of those teams were undefeated. Cincinnati was 12-0, and uh, Boise was 13-0, and and TCU was 12-0. and And that's how they all got into New Year's Six. So the argument that a one-loss Mountain West champ makes it in over a P5-2 or 3 probably isn't as strong either. Fair points. Good. Uh, and then the last one, the one that gets a lot of play for obvious reasons, is Hawaii in 2001 because BYU's 12-0 going into that game, and they're still perfect. And yet, as I recall, um, the the BCS powers that be had already let BYU know mathematically impossible that they were not going to make it into the BCS even with a win at Hawaii. Yep. And, again, this is my recollection. That was my first year calling games for BYU as a play-by-play guy. My recollection was that there was a, a palpable sense of letdown knowing that, well, even if we win, they're not going to take us. They were upset. They were disappointed. The way the game goes, it gets out of hand quickly, and Hawaii scores 72 points, and it's it's still a record that's not been beaten by anybody in terms of points allowed. Everything went haywire, and they lost Dome, and they were already without Staley. Things were beginning to fall apart. So I don't know that that game feels as large just because of what the stakes were uh, that were already taken away, let's say, from BYU going into it. So anyway, those are the main suggestions of games that uh, that, that might ravel um, what's going to happen Friday night at uh, at Boise State. So, uh, you know, either way, massive game, and and one could argue that knowing about the new financial setup in college football, there's never been this much on the line for BYU with a win. Well, and and two, I mean, you look at the the Oklahoma State loss today, makes this game even more prevalent, right, even more important, because one of those teams is actually going to probably fall behind BYU now. So another one, I mean, Cincinnati's still looking really strong. Um, but with that, uh, with their loss, that kind of takes Oklahoma State out of the picture now. Um, and 
And so it does. It makes and, it. And a, Mitch, a, you're adding though. Pac-12 starts next exactly. week. Exactly. So you're adding more. You know, people are coming into the party. More data and, points. Yep. And you're exactly. and, and after Boise, let's say you do win it, uh, you have one FCS game over the next five weeks, and and you're not going to play an FBS again until mid-December, while everyone else is getting into the the thick of their conference. And you're hoping to hold on to your ranking, and you're hoping that the committee, when they come out with their rankings, has BYU in a good spot because it's all about where you finish in the rankings in terms of what bowl you get slotted into, presuming there are enough at-large spots go around to go around for you. And that's another question um, raised by the fact that BYU gets kind of into this downtime. Again, presuming a win, if they were able to, to beat Boise on Friday, they wouldn't play an FBS game again until mid-December. You know, is it good to get another high-profile um, opportunity between Boise and San Diego State to um, not just stay top of mind but give yourself another um, uh, another boost to your strength of schedule that's not going to be boosted by playing North Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I would love, at this point, and I think, Riley, you might have even said this earlier on in the broadcast, just seeing these guys play, um, I mean, it's been so impressive. And so uh, for for the sake of everyone, for the sake of the situation, uh, I think it definitely doesn't hurt. It only helps you to get more games on the calendar, um, on the schedule. And um, either way, though, if so last comment on this big game next week Um if this, I mean, it sounds like this is obviously one of the biggest games, arguably, right, in, yeah. in, in the past 36 years since the Holiday Bowl. What will that experience be like with no fans yeah. in the stadium, if that's going to be the case? It's looking like it is. This big, huge game with an empty stadium, what's it going to feel like? I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what that situation and uh, atmosphere is like well as tough as it's been for BYU up there when playing Boise State and not that they get drilled every time they've only been drilled once really every other game is a close game the fact that it's been as difficult as it's been for BYU to defeat Boise up there it's not always been a truly jam-packed full house but it's it's full enough and the crowd's a big enough of a factor uh you know this could be viewed as an ass as an assist to BYU not having to deal with the crowd factor on the blue turf at Boise State. The Broncos are good enough on their own, but when you you add that with the crowd and everything else, it's just one more factor we have to consider that now we don't have to consider on on Friday night. So, yeah, the, you're, it's a good point. Huge game. What's w- it going to w- feel like? W- with, a, with, a, with a weird atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. I've just been reading up, guys, uh, because I, was, I had the thought, like, it's going to be a dogfight, and, like, no one I, ever get, like, can you guys remember last time Boise? Think of a home loss for Boise. What's the first one that comes to mind for you guys? Didn't, for me, for me, it's Nevada. Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, Nevada. Four yeah. overtimes, missed a field goal. I was going to say the Nevada game. Yeah. So Nevada for you. Do you remember another loss? Was there not one to San no. Diego State that was equally large or not? It, so the the worst loss that they've had was actually Bronco Mendenhall goes in there with Virginia in yeah. 2017 and beat them 42-33. Anyway, we bought a 42-23, which was their worst loss um, since they'd moved up to Division One since they moved up from FCS. But anyway, seven losses since 2000, and uh, all of those, and, and six out of the seven apparently have all been by a touchdown or less. So what I was thinking was, man, as much as I'd love, because I, I was thinking about the sustainability as the Pac-12 adds on, and uh, and just the, the the unnecessary bias that voters have towards these big brands, right? I, I was glad to see Michigan lose today because that's a team that's probably not a very good team that would have hung around and, and t- taken up spots. 
But uh, I was like, man, it would be great not only to win, but win with style points. But the numbers do not suggest that. Over 20 <laughs> years, there's only yeah. been one team. And, and that 2017 uh, year for, for Boise State was right after Chris Peterson left, so new head coach. And they also had a, a giant um, leadership void that had just left from there. So kind of unique cir- circumstances. Definitely not the same circumstances facing this time around where a lot of the Boise State guys, assuming they're all healthy and they're all there to play, uh, are guys that have been around the block and defended that home that home turf up in Boise quite a few times. And that's a question, too, because there have been – there was obviously the notable absence of Backmire uh, today, uh, and then there were absences in-game due to injury. So there will be a lot for Boise to figure out between now and Friday night. And the Broncos were kind of clunking along. You know, they, they, they it, was, it was late in the second quarter, and they're down 17-14, to 14, and, and the game ends up 49-30. I mean, Boise just runs Air Force out despite the fact that Air Force did what Air Force does. Ran for 400-plus, plus 15 minutes in possession time, more yards, more first downs, did a lot of what they want to do, but it's a couple of big plays, it's a missed field goal, it's a kickoff return for touchdown, and Boise ends up scoring 49 points with a backup quarterback. So, I mean, Boise's Boise. Yeah, and, and Air that, Force and that didn't even never t- change. I was looking, I was like, ah, maybe there were some sudden changes, but Air Force didn't even turn the ball over. Well, the, Boise is explosive. And, and we saw that on the first play, right? They score on the first play. This is, uh, I mean, we talk about, uh, we've talked about this before, how the DBs are going to be tested. There's going to be a true test. These these Boise receivers are fast, and they like to use them. They like to stretch the field. They score fast. First play of the game was, what, a 75-yard touchdown yeah. pass, wasn't it? Yep. So it, it's just, the, this one's going to be, uh, I mean, all the, all the hype, all the expectations are there, and I'm just excited to see how BYU responds. Fantastic setup. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, let's get a question in from our Cougar Nation audience, hashtag BYUCNN. Question coming in from Jordan says, what goes into how much you let the second stringers just play a fairly normal offense versus running clock? There seemed to be a bit of throwing in the fourth, but it seems they haven't really found the rhythm in any game so far. Thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I, I think Baylor's gotten a fair amount of uh, – so in 2009 I ran the second team offense, and I think that year – uh, I'll have to look it up, but uh, I think he had like 13 pass attempts and played in like six games. So, and most of them were slants, quick outs, you know, stuff like that. And so, really what, what season were we talking there. about with this? Was this 2009? Yeah. yeah. What was total attempts and total games played? Greg's got it up For on you? the laptop. Yeah. Uh, you played in seven games and you attempted 10 passes. 10 passes, right. So, one, uh, so seven completions in seven games played. Yeah. And uh, you did I, not throw a pick. Thank goodness. Your your your, your <laughs> touchdown to INT ratio was one to zero. It was infinity, I think. Yeah, so it was one one touchdown pass and no picks. Nice. All right. And you're and you're a seventy percent passer. I mean, Max Hall was only sixty seven. What was my QB year. rating, Zach? Your, your QB rating too. was one eighty six point two. Oh, Zach how, still had me. How are you not starting over Max that year? Uh, I don't get that. <laughs> All right. Politics. Um, no, but uh, I feel like so. Great question. And by the way, I feel like they have let on that third down. They let um, he threw the it, was it to Cody Epps? He threw the deep ball. Yeah. And so he let him throw a deep ball. He threw a couple quick outs. I feel like they've let Baylor you know sling it pretty much. Uh, for the most part, while also trying to, you got to understand, you got Sione Fino is coming back from an injury, who you got to feed some carries, and and do that way. So, um, you don't, you don't, um, your stuff that maybe is a little more nuanced to execute, you don't run that just because you don't want it to turn into a uh, where you got pre-snap penalties or you got illegal linemen downfield or things like that. I feel like they've managed that second team pretty well from an offensive standpoint. 
By the way, how good was Max Hall in that 2009 season where you backed him up? Uh, starts all 13 games because he started every game of his BYU career. Yep. 39 starts in 39 games. Never missed a start. His pass efficiency for the year was 160.1 on 67%. 3,560 yards with 33 touchdowns to 14 INTs. He averaged 274 passing yards per game. And BYU that year uh, lost just the two times, uh, Florida State and, uh, and TCU. Finished the season on a five-game win streak, including the bowl win over Oregon State in the wind of Las Vegas. Yep. Okay. That was a great year. Really was. Uh, by the way, what was it like to be Max Hall's backup? It was a lot of fun. It was. He uh, – so you had to pick your spots with Max. Like the big week games, just get out of his way and don't do that. But the we, like when we were playing UNLV in New Mexico and all that, Max, I, I would spend a lot of time. He would, he would tag himself out and let me – uh, get reps, and that was. <laughs> um, I was although it came with the warning to made sure that I executed the play, because if I didn't and it wasn't under Coach Anai's direction, <laughs> like look out because hellfire and brimstone was about to be rained down upon you. Meaning that from if, Max. if Max came out, no, from for, Coach and I, yeah, okay. <laughs> Max was like, hey, I'm putting my butt on the line because he would tag himself out, and they were okay with me going in there and running some with the ones as long as I ran it good. This was against Scout, right? Normally, in a normal practice, in the in the middle of the season, the, the backup quarterback gets probably somewhere between four to eight plays, and and, and you're in there with the rest of the second unit. It's extremely rare that the backup quarterback gets in with the other ones. But Max would do that as as a good favor to me. So I, I still indebted to Max that. Um, and I don't remember getting my butt chewed. Most of the time uh, in there against Scout, I would just go and either hand it off to Harvey or throw it to Dennis. And uh, th- that kept the ball from from uh, being off the from staying off the ground. But um, Is it memorable, by the way, when Robert and I rips into you? <laughs> we've all been guilty of this mostly because it, the words never made any sense it just he was so frustrated and so mad that he couldn't articulate it into words that it would come out as gibberish that we would laugh about later but you definitely are laughing in the moment no sir you keep your you keep your eyeballs down and you take it and then in the meeting room you know on that next tuesday we can all have a good laugh about well it. and I, I think the best part about those two is uh, robert and i he's one of my favorite coaches actually and as a slot receiver we were actually i mean he robert was, and i was, was, the, he, was tight end slot. he was yeah. my position coach and so we would did work he, with did he, did he do tight end slot is that he, what did he did tight end slot yeah. yep so the flex tight ends the tight ends yeah. and then the h receivers which was me and you know jd uh, those those kind of guys um and it, it it'd be so in the moment it was like oh my goodness what was happening but the funnest things were going back the next day of practice and before coach and i walks into the meeting room and we're all just almost replaying you had your you know your jokesters that could you know do the do the robert and i voice and impersonation and impersonate exactly what he said in that meeting room and guys are just laughing and i mean it was a lot of fun times <laughs> Let's take a break, and as we do so, let's uh, give you tonight's trivia question for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, and the first correct answer using the hashtag BYUCNN, and only, only the hashtag BYUCNN. We're only going to search for responses coming in with the hashtag BYUCNN, and the first correct response wins two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. All right, here is your question. In which season did BYU set its scoring record for points per game. In which season 
did BYU set its per game scoring record? Are we, are we pacing past that this year? No. Oh, no. BYU, wow. BYU's a little below that. BYU, BYU, BYU came into tonight at 45 points a game and is now a little below that after scoring 41, just a little bit below. But no, that this would not be pacing for a record season, so it's not going to be this season. In which season did BYU set its per-game scoring average scoring record? That is points per game. In which season did BYU record its highest points per game over a season? The first answer, hashtag BYUCNN, is eating the ice cream on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It was a full moon Halloween night as BYU defeats Western Kentucky by a score of 41-10. to 10. We're wrapping up BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. We're doing so with our skill testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. And a lot of incorrect answers coming in and only a couple of correct ones. And of those couple of correct ones, only one can be first. And the first correct answer came in from Jordan Hochstrasser. And the question tonight was, in which season did BYU set its per-game scoring record? And the answer from Jordan, and the correct answer is 1983. 1983. And the uh, the scoring average that year was 48.2. Is that Steve Young's Steve senior Young's year. Steve Young's senior year. Yeah. So uh, there were a lot of 2001 guesses, a lot of 1996 guesses, some 2006, 1980. 1989. Is that the throwback game? That was the Eddie Stinnett uh, Holiday Bowl throwback game. Yeah, yeah. So was that that against Iowa? Why do I envision Missouri and Missouri? I knew there was yellow. Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Against Missouri. So yeah, 1983. uh, The Cougars set the record at 48.2. 2001 was 46.5. And coming into tonight, BYU's 45.0 this season. Had that average stayed till the end of the year, would have been third all time. So they're pacing it pretty. uh, Pretty, pretty rarefied air, the way they are right now. So good job, Horton, uh, Jordan Hochstrasser. We don't have be... any controversy again, do we? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, Jordan, he, I don't think Jordan's won this year. Not a multi-time winner. We don't have to break any ties. Yeah, and you know, you I guess that helps you, when you, you ask. Up any when you ask uh, I guess it helps when you ask a question just based on a year. It's right. a lot easier. You know, oh yeah, to not you know. There's no spelling errors. No exactly. You can't you can't misspell 1983. Exactly. And if yeah. you had Jordan, we would have we would have probably disqualified you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last week was a mess that way. <laughs> but and you know you can and you can even win multiple times. I think we're just trying to keep the back to backers. You know. Yeah. If you, you know. So we're trying to spread it around a bit. So Jordan, way to go. 1983 is the correct response. And I'll be uh, uh I'll be getting into your DMs and you'll you'll get information from me and I'll get it back from you and you'll be eating ice cream. That's the way it goes. All right. We're going to get out before the before the time changes. That's what we're going to do. Uh, the daylight savings goes away in 23 minutes. So we're going to wrap it up right now. And uh, So what then- are we going to do for the next 22? <laughs> Just kidding, Greg. <laughs> we're all going to get on the road and let the clock change while we're driving. That's what's, what's going to happen. There we go. We're getting out early. Early being 1.37 in the morning. All right. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. Our appreciation to the crew, the big old crew, starting back at BYU Radio. Our hosts, uh, Jason Shepard, along with Blaine Fowler, our control board operator, Liam Howard, our coordinating producer, Terry South, our broadcast intern, Bryce Larson tonight, our engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay. Lots getting done back at BYU Radio. Here in the booth, our engineer, Michael Wimmer, our spotter and broadcast assistant, Andrew Gray. Great work from Andrew at my side tonight. 
And uh, my name is Greg Rubel, which leaves only the two guys to my left. To my far left is the man... Riley Nelson. And to my near left is the man... Mitchell Jurgens. And you heard it all tonight on BYU Radio, 41-10. to 10, The Cougars over the Hilltoppers going to 7-0. and Coming up Friday night, BYU at Boise State. The Cougars on the blue for one of the biggest and most important BYU football games in decades. We look forward to bringing it to you from the blue turf up in Boise. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.